Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. This is uh, going to be another slightly sad episode because once again, our, our beloved father, Peter Teresa, is not with us today, but fear not. Father Anthony Tinker is with us today. I can't replace him, but <laughs> I'll do my best. I trust that you will, Father. I trust There's an emoji teardrop right now. Yes, yes, m- many emoji teardrops, <laughs> maybe three or four of them. But uh, so I think um, if you listen to our last show, we had a guest, so no guests this time, unfortunately. Um, but we talked a little bit about scripture. We started talking uh, specifically about the, the Old Testament and um, uh, Brother John uh, Barker, who was with us, uh, helped us to kind of understand how we should approach the Old Testament. Um, and I think it was a really good episode. People seem to you know give some good feedback on it. And so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to just kind of flush this out a little bit more um, in a hope to kind of address maybe some things that that we didn't get the chance to address. Now, uh, obviously, myself and Father Anthony do not have doctorates in Scripture, uh, but we both love the Word, and so I We both have master's degrees. Yeah, so, (laughs) you know, it's... (laughs) You're right, it is big. He has done specific studies on languages and such, but we're not not ignorant of the Scriptures. That's right, that's for sure. (laughs) So... um, but I think I think you know what we what we started to kind of open up. I think it was very telling, uh, just some of the responses that I was reading, and a lot of people really, um, you know, I'm just thinking one response in in uh, specifically to to the video or excuse me to the podcast was um, that they really appreciated the way that that brother was explaining the Old Testament, and it really kind of helped them to have like a new perspective on how to approach it now. Um, and I think you know in in the time that we're in, we're seeing a lot of things with scripture kind of coming out, becoming more popular. You know, think about uh, um, the the Bible in a year that Father Mike Schmitz did, and uh, I know now that there's there's one also in Spanish by uh, a Dominican priest whose name is esca- escaping me right now. But um, a lot of renewal, you know, I think for the faithful, just approaching the Word and desiring to get into the Word. Uh, but sometimes it's a little intimidating. So. Um, I think just to kind of pick up a little bit with with some of the things we were talking about in the Old Testament, um, and then maybe just kind of overall, you know, how we can approach Scripture, uh, and just to encourage our our listeners, our, our people to to really get into the Word. Um, New Year's resolutions, again, you know, they could be good, they could be bad, but uh, ultimately, just maybe this could be a good year for people to really just get into the Word. So. Um, I think if we uh, talk a little bit first, you know, I kind of, I gave Brother John kind of a somewhat difficult question at the end of the podcast, talking a little bit about, um, you know, some of the harder topics in the Old Testament. Uh, And we were talking specifically about um, the harem warfare uh, that happens uh, specifically in the book of Joshua. Um, And kind of what that's all about is that the Lord basically tells the people that, when they go and, and they, you know, engage in war with the Canaanite people that they are to expel from the land that the Lord has promised to them, um, that they're to leave none of them alive, that they're to, uh, you know, tear down all the altars, basically almost make it as if the, the Canaanites were never there so that they can in, inhabit the land. 
Um, and, and I think brother gave a pretty good answer to some of that, but our time was cut short. And so, uh, father, uh, just, you know, any other thoughts that you might have, you know, how, how can we kind of understand this in particular, but some of the harder things, you know, in the old Testament that we might come across? No, it's a really important question. Cause I think what happens oftentimes, I think two things happen. One is, um, that we have this resolution. I'm going to do a Bible in a year, right? And unless we have, you know, father Mike Schmitz leading us along the way, it's hard for us to just sit down and read the word ourselves, yeah. right? And get into it. And and, and if we do, we, we like we jump to the New Testament, which is really good. I think it's where people need to start. Yeah. I don't think as far as, especially as Christians, you fully understand the Old Testament yeah. without the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, from the perspective that we would look at the lens, we would look through it, which is the lens of knowing the Messiah has come. Um, and that's that's the whole lens which we look at the Old Testament. Um, and, and so this, I think, uh, really important. Why we're bringing it up again? Because we want people to read the Old Testament. We want people to read the Bible. Yeah. So get into the Bible, please. Read the Gospels, if nothing else. Uh, uh, read, start and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some people, um, they're also, they want to they want to they, they get in the Old Testament. It's really important. And we hear the Old Testament readings every time we go to Mass. Yeah. Right? And sometimes we hear these readings. We hear Joshua saying, hey, or the Lord telling Joshua, like, go and destroy everything when you go. And we, and then we see, like, somebody keeps something for himself, <laughs> right? And, like, holds it. So we go to Jericho, and God's like, destroy everything, right? They, they walk around for seven days. They blow the trumpets. The whole thing's destroyed, uh, with the exception of Rahab, who we talked so mm-hmm. beautifully about during Advent. And then um, after that, some guy tries to take something for himself, and then he's killed <laughs> trying to keep like some of the some of the treasures. And so we're like, what's going on here, God? Yeah. What's going on? And please, if, if you haven't listened, please listen to the last podcast. We got in the beginning of this, this harem warfare. But uh, I agree. I just want to kind of preload that. We, we want to get in these, able to get in these difficult topics, and particularly with harem warfare. Like, uh, and I mentioned it last time after Brother Hans spoke, but we've got to realize that we can't take a 21st century Western mindset and think that we can place that upon what we're reading in that culture, you know, thousands of years ago, um, around 4,000 years ago, just under, um, 3,000, um, that, that we're trying to, we're to push, to push into, uh, these, these, uh, what's happened in the scriptures. And we have to look at it from what's going on in the mindset of God, the mindset of the people. Yeah. Um, and, and in that mentality, one recognized they're coming into a land filled with, with evil people. Mm. And I have to say, we have to say it. We have to, they were killing their own children by sacrificing them to idols. Yeah. That is evil, no matter, even though they did know God, right? And because there's a natural law. So first we have to understand we believe in a natural law, which means we believe that things like do not kill is inherent into the very fabric of creation, that all people should understand that there's dignity to life and to the life of another person. No matter what your perspective, you know, or what you're born into, or what culture you're going into, Christian, non-Christian, Jewish, Muslim, atheist, pagan, whatever it is, there's a there's a written in the very fabric of creation is there a dignity to human life. And that we're called to not kill, to not murder in particular, to murder another person is evil. And so and and how much more evil murdering your own children. Mm-hmm. And that these people thought that they were, you know, offering these sacrifices, we, we, as St. Paul would tell us, and we know it's sacrificing to demons, yeah. and they're killing their own children. This is an evil act, mm-hmm. right, these people are doing. 
Um, and, and, and so we have to recognize that it's not a group of innocent people who, who, who are in this land that the Israelites are moving into. They're evil. So two things. One is um, that, that the punish, like what's happening to them being killed is, is just. Now, we, we would say, you know, especially that if you're a murderer, you know, that, that justice would occur. Now, the death penalty, all that, that's a whole different subject with our modern, where we are modern, this is 3,000 years ago. Yeah. Right from that perspective, <clears throat> we're talking about people who are murderers. And and so there's, the Lord acting in this way is simply just. Yeah. Um, and we have to look at it as a just act. But two, um, that, that, we, and we see it. Look at you buy the fruit you'll know. Read the rest of of, of Joshua and read Judges. Right, read yeah. the book of Judges, and you'll see um, in Israel history the people fall into pagan worship over mm-hmm. and over and over again. They start marrying the pagan women, even the good like Samson. We think about Samson, right? Yeah. But there's Delilah right there the whole time, who is this Philistine? She's a pagan. She doesn't believe in in the God of Israel. She worships false gods. And she said she's drawing the heart of Samson. This happens to the Israelite men and women yeah. all the time. They're being drawn away from the the true teaching, the true understanding of uh, of what God wants, and they're being drawn away to uh, to pagan worship. And so God said, "If you cannot have it around, it's uh, it's one of those. Let's say you have a, a addiction to Cheetos, <laughs> you know, and and you don't want to eat Cheetos anymore. Um, and so your news resolution is, I will not eat Cheetos, right? Well, then don't have Cheetos in your house, you know, because if Cheetos are going to be there, you're probably going to eat them, right? Because of your addiction. Like God had recognized, if these people are around, you're going to fall into pagan worship and you belong to me, right? And not only is it like, oh, well, it's a little pagan. Like you're going to start worshiping, you're going to start killing your own children. And what happens to Israel? They start killing their own children. Yeah. Right? They start offering sacrifices to the God of Baal and Molech as we read the scriptures. Even the kings, or read some of the kings of, you know, of the Israelite kings who are offering these sacrifices of their own children. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's really sad part of, of Israelite history, but God understands what's going to happen. It's like, if you if you have keep these influences around, they're going to influence you negatively. Yeah. Right, and we have to get rid of these influences. They have to be out of our life. They have to be completely purged. This is not just a physical meaning about what they're doing, but it's also this is a very important spiritually for us. Yeah, I talk Cheetos as kind of a joke, but in a different way. Like there might be stuff in your life you just got to get rid of, and you don't have you know for alcoholics, you know they always, the AA meetings. They say one beer is too much because one beer is never enough. Mm. That if you're an alcoholic, you can't have any alcohol. You cannot have a single drop because you cannot stop. Right, that that you're an alcoholic and it, the, 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 the substance has power over you. That for you, whatever the case may be, you're out there listening to us. There might be something in your life that you can't f- find the via media. It can't be like, well, I can just have a glass of wine and I'm fine. I drink too much. I, I can't just have one piece of chocolate. I eat too much or, or whatever the, the, the problem might be or the thing you might be struggling with. I can't have internet in my house because I have a pornography addiction. I cannot have a phone in my pocket because I have a, a sports betting addiction or a gambling addiction. Right, and I'm falling in these things that I'm that I'm addicted to that are leading me away from God. I'm falling into the idols of this world, which Aquinas tells us are power, pleasure, uh, wealth, and honor. Mm. Right, that these idols have a hold on me in this area or another, and because of that, I have to cut it off entirely. I cannot have it as a part of my life because it will draw me away from God. Yeah. Um. And 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 I think we have to recognize that when the Lord says, you know, if your left eye causes you to pluck it out, right? Your left eye causes you to and cut it off. Obviously, He's not literally talking about rip your eye out or cut your hand off, but He's saying whatever is in your life that's you, that's going to lead you to sin, it's not worth it because you'll go to hell. And so God is saying, it's these people; they're killing their own children. If you if they are around, they will influence you. You will end up killing your own children. And you might be like, oh, how's that going to happen? But then we look at their history. They end up killing their own children. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and, and you just can't have that influence yeah. around. 
And so that this is a, a, a part of it. We could get we could this can go a huge chance, and I'm ready to go on. I want to you're going to let you lead the conversation. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> but in this particular with Harry Morpher, but these hard topics, they are not only have important physical meanings that we have to understand, but even deep spiritual realities we have to get into. Yeah, and I think um, you know there's two things that I think are very important. I mean, a lot, everything you're saying is very good, but the two things that I kind of hear being emphasized, it's you know, the the overall context of what we're reading, like understanding the historical context in which these people are, are living, but also what builds up to uh, the Lord imposing this harem warfare on the people. And that if you look earlier in, um, you know, the first covenant that the Lord makes with the people on Sinai, um, and then Moses comes down with the law, and what are they doing? They're worshiping the Baal, they have the golden calf, and and they're engaging in, you know, all sorts of crazy behavior. Revelry. Revelry, yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, Moses becomes angry. The Lord becomes angry. And, uh, you know, eventually they they um, receive the law again. But this time there's more laws. The, lo- the Lord gives more laws, right? And then they fall again in numbers, right? And so if you look at the progression when the Israelites would engage in warfare before you get to Deuteronomy and Joshua, there wasn't this this harem warfare. It, the Lord didn't tell them, you know, go and, and take out everybody. Um, it was actually, you know, just take the area and, you know, get the people out of there or whatever it might have been. But again, it's kind of a concession. It's that you have not been able to conquer a, a people and not fall into idolatry. Yeah. And since you have not been able to not do that, this is what we're going to have to do. Um, and I think with that, um, you know, in Deuteronomy and, and in the, um, the, the final law that, the, that Moses kind of imposes on the people, there's these other concessions too with divorce and with you, you can also have a king and you can also marry people that are not Israelite. And it's all because they couldn't do what the Lord first had asked them to do. And so um, I think you have to kind of read it that way too. But then also, I think what you're saying, Father, is we have to be careful about, you know, reading scripture and forgetting that there is a deeper, you know, spiritual reality that the people that the Lord raised up, that he desired them to have a covenant with him and to be faithful and to eventually become a light to the nations so that they could be prepared to receive the Messiah. And that if they're continuing to fall into idolatry, that the very covenant that God wanted to establish with them was in jeopardy. And so, you know, the measures that the Lord was taking, it's because eventually he wants to save all of these pagan nations, but they weren't ready for it. Um, Can I get into two points from what you said real quick? Because I think you're talking about, I think, one of the most important moments in Israeli history. That's the the worship of the golden calves. Why? Because before this moment, there's not the Levitical priesthood. Yeah. Right? That God did not establish a particular tribe to be those who led the people in worship. Hmm. Well, he didn't do that because they were all called to be, you know, we would would say now the priesthood of all believers. Yeah. but but back then there was this call for the people all to be able to enter into this worship, all to be able to perform these functions of the temple, be able to do this, the, the, the worship of God. But what happened was because of their sin, they moved into this worship of Baal. And it's actually the Levites who kind of kind of lead the charge of, of, of you know killing the dissenters in that yeah. sense. But um, th- there's this recognition of like, okay, you cannot, you're, you can't come into my presence. 
Like you've proven yourself unworthy because I, I, I can't bring into my presence someone who's also going to worship a golden calf. Yeah. Like your heart's divided. Um, and, and, and we see this again and again, you get divorced and all these other, and please email us with, with questions, you know, already halfway through, and we're not even touching the surface about all these important things to talk about, but all that, I just want to get into the reception of the Eucharist. Yeah. Because talking about another spiritual reality here of, of the Lord wanted everybody to be able to enter into worship of him in the way the priests were in the Old Testament. That didn't happen because people's hearts were divided. And they worship these golden calves, and you had to separate the Levites to be the ones to enter into the temple, enter to the Holy of Holies. So they had to be a high priesthood. You had to set up more laws, like you said. And the laws are much more prescriptive. Before, it's kind of more general, it was more prescriptive. Like, okay, here's exactly what you have to do. And Jesus tells, because of the hardness of your heart, mm. I allowed divorce. Because of the hardness of your heart, I said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? That's not how I want it to be, though. It's not where you're called to be. And, and with respect to Eucharist, like, don't go with a divided heart. And don't yeah. go to worship the worship of God with a divided heart. Yeah. Because he, he, he demands everything. That's right, yeah. He demands all of our hearts. And when we, we and again, we, we try our best, right? But, but we have to at least try our best. We have to give our, as much as we're able, give our whole hearts to God and hold nothing back. Because when we're entering your divided heart, we're going to find ourselves worshiping the, the, these, these pagan idols, yeah. um, the idols of this world. And we're going to find our hearts divided and not really giving ourselves over. And, and, and that's not a heart that the Lord, um, I mean, he can work in anything, but it's not, he wants all of our hearts. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, even when I was just reading through like some of these parts uh, in the scriptures, um, what you're saying is, is what was kind of starting to hit me. And I was thinking about the times we're in now and how, um, you know, I, I think if ever, you know, people in the church thought that, you know, just because you're in the Catholic church, it's as if like something can't creep in, you know, and, and kind of, you know, uh, obscure or ruin or... or you know, uh, uh, dampen the party, if you will, um, and that we're seeing in the church that there's just so much brokenness just coming to light, that there's scandal, that there's all these things happening. Um, and it's not because God is not faithful. It's because we have gone out, so to speak, to the, to the pagan tribes around us, and we have commingled with their idols, and we've brought that back into our worship. <laughs> um, and I think that when you look at the gravity of what God, um, again, this is not his perfect will to, to send the people out, you know, harem warfare, divorce, all these things in, in Deuteronomy, but what he eventually is almost forced to do in order to keep the people in a, in a position where he can eventually then, you know, bring them to the point of, uh, of Jesus coming. But the measures that he has to take uh, to try and do something to keep the people somewhat, you know, uh, somewhat still his, somewhat away from the idols. Um, and I think that it shows, you know, even what you were saying earlier, Father, you know, this near occasion of sin, the ways that we can fall, the ways that we can kind of, you know, be with the Lord on a Sunday and mass and then go out the rest of the week and kind of get caught up in all the wrong things. Uh, and I think that we have to understand just how much the Lord wants all of us. Um, and he wants the, the church to be the one holy spotless bride. And it will be in the, in the time when, when Jesus comes. But um, you can be sure that, that those who are in the church, but who are not living this, who are not pure, that the Lord will, will either purify them or he's going to do something to, to expose you know, their need for that. So I think that's a really good point. 
Yeah, and I, I'm just real briefly because we need to move our next topic. But yeah, um, don't want to beat a dead horse. But I think I think it's something we should all examine. Yeah, where's God's making concessions for me? Mm-hmm. But He's actually calling me deeper. Yeah. or maybe I'm making concessions for myself. I'm like ah, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Um, or God will forgive me. I talk about something that gets my ire up. Like I'm going to do this thing that I know is wrong. Yeah. But then I'm just going to go to confession. Actually, I heard someone talk about this the other day. Um, it was it was a grave sin, and they were going to go do it. Um, and basically, but like, but I'll just go to confession because that's what the confession is for—to forgive me. It's like, well, mm. yeah, if you have a contrite heart, yeah, but you, presumption. Not, that's presumption. Yeah, and you're on the a slippery slope that leads to hell if you're going to act that way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but we can move on to more Old Testament before we yeah. slip into a bit too big of a tangent. Um, and anything that we've brought up, I uh, just want to say because there's a lot being covered here. You can always, you know, go to Catholic Answers or, or Google. You know, uh, you know why did. God allowed divorce in the Old Testament or something like that. Or you could submit a a, a, a request for us to cover that topic if it's exactly. interesting. Um, but I think it's also worth noting um, that, you know, the whole the whole uh, biblical corpus as a whole, all of, the, all of Scripture, that there's different genres, right? There's different genres, there's different um, authors. And sometimes, you know, specifically I'm thinking about the, the book of Genesis and the creation story. Right, and uh, sometimes that can be a little confusing for people um, because they want to know, okay, well, is this literal? Like, is it, was it literally seven days, or like, um, you know, how how was it that God created light and then later He created the sun? You know, <laughs> like, what's that all about? Um, and so maybe just a little bit about you know that there there's different genres in scriptures, there's different ways to approach scripture, and then maybe what to do if we have these types of questions, or if something looks like, you know, uh, a little off to us, you know, what would you tell somebody who's who's kind of having these questions come yeah, up? As great questions, great questions. Um, first, we have to recognize the, the scriptures are divided, hmm. um, and they start with the Pentateuch, yeah. right? The first five books of the Bible, um, the, the, the kind of the heart, if you want to say, even though it's at the beginning, it's kind yeah. of the heart of the Old Testament. Then it moves into the historical books, we're into Joshua, Judges, we're into the Kings, we're learning about pretty much from the time they get out of the, into the promised land up until the time of the Babylonian exile. Um, and then we're moving into the wisdom literature yeah. and we're getting into these beautiful Psalms, these beautiful, a song of Solomon, um, the Ecclesiastes, these beautiful wisdom literature. And then we're getting into the prophets. Um, and, and to recognize that that the prophetic literature is not in chronological order. Um, it is it is from the major to the minor, right? And they're all kind of mixed in as to what's first and what's last. Yeah. Um, all that to say, there, there are different genre, there are different just genres there, and and what the Lord is speaking to your heart might be different. And by times you need to get into the prophetic literature and really understand God speaking these judgments upon His people. Yeah, you know, but but you might not get it because you don't understand why. So you have to get back to the history to be like, okay, why is God speaking this way? Mm-hmm. Or I need to get into things like uh, the wisdom literature. But but finally in Genesis that, um, uh, one and just to say I love. So if you're really interested in this. I think uh, Dr. Bergsma and Dr. Petrie, their introduction to the Old Testament is an incredible book. Yeah. Um, very, very well done. Um, you know, it's it just, you know, it's a big book, you know, you got to get into it, but a good resource book. Hmm. Um, something I enjoy just reading through, but uh, maybe you just want a particular topic or a different book. They talk about all these different things. A great resource, a great Christmas present or birthday present yeah. for your loved one um, to get in uh, and read. And I think they're two incredible Old Testament scholars. Yeah. Um, so the things they're putting out, I know Dr. Bergman has a blog and Dr. Petra has a number of books like um, The Jewish Roots of Mary and The Jewish Roots of the Eucharist 
and such things that really talk about uh, the Old Testament and the look at the forefiguring, foreshadowing of, of image of figures like Our Lady. Um, but so, so to get into these scholars, good Catholic, you know, I emphasize that Catholic scholars yeah. who are, are speaking the 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 Doctor Hans, you know, the Doctor Bergsmans, Doctor Preachers of the Worlds, who are doing good Orthodox, solid Catholic theology, are a good resource for us, uh, and to recognize that there are hard topics out there like Genesis, mm. and 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 that. That most likely, so and, and what we can believe about it. So the Catholic Church will will let you believe in seven days of creation. Yeah, it'll also let you believe actually in evolution. And people are like, "What? The Catholic Church will let you believe in evolution?" In a sense, yes. There's certain things you have to believe about creation, mm-hmm. right? You have to believe that we come from one original couple. You have to believe yeah. that, that couple f- fell and that original original sin was passed on. So there's certain aspects, you know, that God intervened in, in, into the to create a soul in these these uh, these creatures, uh, the humans. Now, I, I'm not. A, I, I believe that evolution has. Uh, some value that we do evolve as creatures, but I don't believe in evolution from monkeys. I believe that I many have worked it out of dirt, personal belief. Uh, but yeah. the church allows me to believe that. Yeah. It allows me to believe that over a course of millions of years, it allows me to believe that in seven days. It allows me to believe that we did come from monkeys, but with certain prescriptions. You know, the, the, the Catholic Church is really wise. She's not, she's very wise, mm. but she doesn't answer the technical questions. She's not here to answer, you know, the the how yeah. of of how did this all occur. She answer the why. Of, of, of the deep philosophical questions. Um, and so with that, we have to recognize that it's all very figurative language in Genesis. Um, that uh, from my perspective, um, that you're allowed to believe it all, it, though it, it is all figurative, you have, that's very true. You can believe yeah. it literally. I'm not, uh, I don't think it holds literally um, in seven days, just because like you said, there's certain things like light and, and, and darkness are separated and later the sun and the moon are created. Yeah. But if you look at it, the first three days, there's separation occurring. Mm-hmm. In the next three days, God is filling what he separated. Yeah. He separates light and darkness on the first day. On the fourth day, he fills it in with the sun, the moon, and the stars. Mm-hmm. He separates the, the sky and the, the sea. And he fi- on the second, he fills it in with the bird, the birds and the fishes on the fifth, right? So three days later, he's kind of doing that, f- uh, separates the land and creates the animals and then ultimately Adam and Eve. Yeah. So there's this separation that's occurring, this infilling that's occurring, which is deep, again, theological meanings. We don't have time to talk about it. Yeah. But <laughs> all this, to, to, what, to get you excited about it. Yeah. Like, what's our point? Why did we talk about last time? Why did I talk about this time? We're on a half hour podcast. So we can't get into all the issues. We can't talk about it all. But we want to talk about two things, I think, if I can emphasize what we're trying to say today in today's podcast. One is get into the word. Yeah. Read the scriptures every single day. Um, if it's confusing, that's okay. It is sometimes very confusing. It's confusing because there's some difficult topics like Aaron Wolfer. It's confusing because there's a lot of figurative language mm. like the creation story. But in that, there are really good Catholic scholars. They've been around since the early church. People like, you know, uh, Origen and, you know, Augustine and, uh, you know, even the Middle Ages, Aquinas, who've done great scriptural commentaries mm. uh, on these subjects. You can learn about them. And then obviously in the modern days, well, there's these great scriptural scholars. They're, they're true to our faith. And they help us to understand what we're reading. Yeah. And so, get into the scriptures, in particular, for two weeks now, we focused on the Old Testament. Like, get into these great books, these different genres. Like, maybe I just need some wisdom. I'm going to go read Ecclesiastes. I'm just going to go get into some of these wise sayings hmm. for my life. Um, and then uh, take time with them and meditate upon them and learn how to read them and let them sink into your heart, not just for information in your head, but that God can enter into your heart. Yeah. And I think. Um you know, the big thing, again, it's it's not being intimidated by something that's hard. You know, I don't understand this, or maybe even I don't I don't like what this is saying, right? Mm-hmm. But like you're saying, that, that the church has the answer, that the church is here. That's the privilege of being Catholic, to help us to understand uh, what it is that, that the scriptures are saying and how we are to understand that. Yeah. 
And sometimes um, we don't like the answer. Yeah. We have to submit to it. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, well, I don't, I don't like that. I don't agree with it. But at the same time, I have to believe it. Yeah. You know, certain things, again, like with creation, we have a lot, there's different things we can believe. We're free to believe. There's certain other things. It's like, this is what you have to believe. Mm-hmm. Like that what we said about creation. There's certain things you have to believe about it. And if you don't believe original sin passed on from your original parents, you're wrong. You have to just have, you're wrong. Yeah. Like the church has said, this is what you have to believe to be an Orthodox faithful Catholic. And yes. if you want to be Catholic, you have to believe this. That's right. Yep. If you don't want to be Catholic, you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, make that decision, right? Yeah. For the sake of your soul, please. Amen. Um, so get into the word. Get into the word. And and remember always, you know, to go back to something that uh, even Brother John was saying last week, that um, the Lord is merciful, that word hesed, which is used so often, um, that that's the context for us. It's the revelation of Jesus as a merciful Savior who desires us to be in heaven with him for eternity. Uh, and keep that always before you as you read either Newer or Old Testament. But, Father, we're talking about war a little bit in the beginning here. So I want to ask you, if you could have been present at any of the wars, the stories of a war that Israel was in in the Old Testament, if you could have witnessed it, wow, which one would it be and that, why? That's a good question. Okay, so... Um, this was a fast podcast. I can't believe we're already at the, this question right now. I know. <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to go with the, the day the sun stood, stood still. Mm. I'm going to say that. So uh, there's a, from Joshua, if yep. we're getting to the book of Joshua, there's a time when the Israelites are just beating up on, and I forget <laughs> the name of the other nation, which who they're, who they're beating up on, but they are, they're just, they are winning and they're winning big. And, uh, and, and jo- Joshua is like, I don't want the sun go- to go down because like, I don't want this day to end yeah. because we are smiting our enemies. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, you know, if you've ever had those days, you don't want to end, right? Joshua's like, and so he prays and actually the sun stands still. Mm. Um, and it seems as if it stays a whole day is, is the impression the scriptures give. Um, but for how long it is, the sun stands still and like, and then Israel continues to like win this battle. Mm. So it'd be a long battle to be watching, obviously. because yeah. like, except a few extra hours, you know, there's no night warfare back then. Uh, in general. Uh, and so just to watch like the sun, to see a miracle yeah. of the sun standing still in the middle of a battle, I think would be would be awesome. It'd yeah. be a real blessing. So off the top of my head, that's the first one that comes to mind. Um, but there's there's so many. Seeing Moses raise up his hands. Yeah. Uh, and like every time his hands go down, like, <laughs> keep your hands up, Moses, just like encouraging him. Um, Jericho, watching Jericho fall. Yeah. How, I mean, just how incredible, just, just where they're blowing trumpets and the whole city falls down. Mm-hmm. Um, these, these are just, just beautiful things. And to see the, the providence of God yeah. in the midst of it, not, not because, you know, I have this I'm warmongering, you know, kind of yeah. mentality, but in general, just to see that, that God, you know, uh, and, you know, um, I love um, from Judges. Um, oh my goodness, his name is Gideon. Gideon. I love Gideon. Yeah. Like 300 men. De- de- defeating this army of thousands, yeah, uh, tens of thousands. I, I, all that stuff is just, I've seen the miracles of God is so beautiful. Amen. Yourself? Yeah, mine would definitely be, I think, Jericho. Yeah. I think just watching, because they didn't do any fighting until the walls came down, because they were so confident, you know, that they were inside this city, this huge fortified city, that they weren't going to be able to do anything. And the Lord just tells them to march around seven times, blow the trumpet, and then boom. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> just amazing but uh we have come to the end of our show so thank you so much for for being with us in this podcast once again uh we uh, ask for your prayers and, and look forward to the next show we can be with you 
Amen. Father, would you mind uh, praying us out? Certainly. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord grant you his pardon and his peace. May Almighty God bless you as I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.